Give us this day our daily bread. We're continuing our journey through the Lord's Prayer this Lenten season, and as uh, our regular attendees might have guessed, uh, and, and especially if you were paying attention at the beginning of the service today, we're talking about that great third line of the Lord's Prayer as we spend a week looking at each of these lines. And the line, of course, once again, is give us this day our daily bread. Y'all like bread? Mm-hmm. Maybe a little more than you should. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I've always been a big fan of bread. I was fortunate enough to not be born with any, uh, any of those diseases that prevent me from from eating bread and, and having my fill. Uh, when I was growing up, I have fond memories of the rare occasion when my parents would take us to a little bakery that we had in Brighton called the Great Harvest Bread Company. And the one thing I always ever wanted off of that menu was their amazing pizza bread. Mm. Still makes me feel good thinking about it. It had cheese melted in it. It had all those great Italian spices. Didn't have any of the sauce if you were worrying about soggy bread. It wasn't like that. But you could get it with cheese or with pepperoni. It was some of the best bread I've ever eaten in my life. Sometimes I still think about that bread as I'm lying awake at night wondering if I have anything that's worth eating in the house for a late night snack. Bread is one of those near-universal staples for humanity. Most civilizations over the course of time, one of the, the earliest things that they learned how to make was bread. And in fact, we have unearthed in the, in the ruins of Pompeii, uh, and, and for those of you who are unfamiliar with, with Pompeii, old Roman city covered by a volcano, big uh, human de devastation and loss of life, nearly perfectly preserved because of that volcanic flow. But as they were digging up Pompeii and its sister city Herculaneum on the other side of the mountain, they uncovered bread from that time that was perfectly preserved in the volcanic ash. Perfectly preserved to the point where some people have said that if you really wanted to, you could still eat it. Pass on that. But thank you for the offer. I grew up in the United Methodist Church, and because I grew up in the United Methodist Church, I've been taking communion since I was small enough to, or since I was old enough to chew the bread that we have. And, and let me tell you, my years of taking communion in this denomination have had some hits or misses when it comes to the bread. And this isn't a critique or a complaint about the bread, because ultimately it's not the bread that matters, it's the spiritual sustenance that we get from it. But when you're a seven year old kid going up and taking communion with your parents, you do kind of treat it as a snack. Sometimes in communion we have good tasting bread. Sometimes the bread might taste a little old. Some bread, it, it, it's everywhere. It's everything. It's all encompassing. When we look in the Bible, we see that bread comes up a lot more than most of the other foods that we read about in the Bible and almost always is used as a, a metaphor for the nourishment that comes from God. 
Even the the multiplication miracles that Jesus performs in his earthly ministry. Uh, A a great theologian once said, if you look at how Jesus multiplies the bread in the feeding of the 5,000, what you might notice is that he's taking at least partially a, a natural process and magnifying it to reveal its true glory and the glory of God. Because as it says elsewhere in the Bible, a single grain of wheat or five grains of wheat when planted into the ground and when They die, spring up with new grains and new wheat, and a field can grow. Give us this day our daily bread. We have a tendency as humans when we pray this prayer, especially when we're praying it while not really paying attention, when we're just saying it to say it, when we're saying it to just get to the end of the service. When we pray this prayer, we we often simply think of this line as asking God to provide for us this nourishment that we need on this day. And while it's true there are some who are earnestly praying this prayer around the world, after all, one of the great human tragedies of not just this century, but of all the previous centuries, is the the lack of food that we have available to people who need to eat. People who earnestly wake up every morning begging and pleading and asking God that they might have some nourishment for today. And maybe you've been in that situation once or twice before in your life, but I'd be willing to wager that the vast majority of us, when we pray these lines, will end up going home to a full pantry. And so we can pray for God to give us our daily nourishment, but when we go home, we realize it's already there, and we can give thanks for that and be grateful that we are at a place in life where we don't have to go to bed hungry and where we have enough to eat, even though we also at the same time are the kind of people who will go to the pantry to look for some food, see it completely full, and still have the audacity to say to ourselves or out loud, we have nothing to eat in this house. Give us this day our daily bread. We remember when we took a moment to take a look at that first line of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Make your name holy through me. We remember when we recite that first line that this prayer is also a wake-up call, a, a call to action, if you will. When we pray this prayer, we are praying that God might use us to make his will known to the world, that God might use us to make his love known to the world, that God might use us as his hands and feet to go out and help answer the prayers of others. And so when we say, give us this day our daily bread, we should also be thinking about those people who don't have enough food to get through the day, but not just thinking about them, trying to see if there's anything we might be able to do to help them in their time of need as the hands and feet of Christ. We had a wonderful passage from the Psalms today, and It's Psalm 22, and if you're unfamiliar with Psalm 22, I would invite you as we get closer to Good Friday to spend a little bit of time in this psalm. It might 
sound a little familiar to you. As an example, the first lines in the psalm are, My God, my God, why have you left me all alone? Why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from me, so far from my anguished groans? And we remember that these are some of the words that Jesus prays while he's on the cross. If you go through the rest of it, you will see other examples of Jesus on the cross throughout this psalm. He says, all who see me make fun of me. They gape, shaking their heads. He committed himself to the Lord, so let God rescue him. Let God deliver him, because God likes him so much. He says, I'm poured out like water. My heart is like wax. It melts inside me. My strength is dried up like a piece of broken pottery. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You sent me down in the dirt of death. They divvy up my garments among themselves. They cast lots for my clothes. And in the midst of all of that suffering and in the midst of all of that sadness, it shifts by the time we get to our reading for today. It shifts in the midst of despair. It shifts in the midst of thirst. It shifts in the midst of hunger. As it says, all of you who revere the Lord, praise him. All of you who are Jacob's descendants, honor him. All of you who are Israel's offspring, stand in awe of him. Because he didn't despise or detest the suffering of the one who suffered. He didn't hide his face from me. No, he listens when I cry out to him for help. Because God is a God who nourishes. God is a God who feeds. Give us this day our daily bread. Help us not only to have enough for today, but help us also to partake in that spiritual nourishment, that nourishment of the bread of life, that nourishment that we read about in the passage from John Today. Now, we know uh, as you read through the Gospels, one of the interesting things you might notice about the Gospel of John in particular is that it doesn't have a Last Supper story. Did you ever notice that? Next time you read through the Gospel of John, take a look at that. It doesn't have that great Last Supper scene like we have in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It does have that supper, but in that supper we don't have the whole communion part of it. We don't have the part uh, where Jesus takes the bread, breaks it, blesses it, gives it to his disciples, and says, take and eat. And nowhere does it say Jesus takes the cup, gives thanks, blesses, uh, and gives it to his disciples and says, drink from this. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. What John does instead is highlight another feeding miracle, another multiplication miracle. Jesus and his followers are in the area of the Sea of Galilee known as Tiberias. It's up near, I think, the northern part of the Sea of Galilee. You can still go to Tiberias today. It's a resort town that's known for its natural hot springs. Doesn't that sound good? And while Jesus is up there, he's gathering a following, and this following is comprised, as Tiberius was back in those days, of a mix of, of Jewish residents and Gentile residents. And in the, the midst of all of that, Jesus feeds 5,000 people. And in John's Gospel, that's immediately followed by Jesus walking on water as he and the disciples go to the other side after that happens. And then the next morning, the crowds wake up to come back to Jesus because who doesn't love free food, right? And they're like, where is this guy? This guy's amazing. This guy fed 
5,000 people yesterday. Let's go and see if we can find him. Maybe we can get some more food. But the crowd sees that neither Jesus nor his disciples were where they were the day before, so they all get into boats, and you can picture this scene in your head. It's quite an interesting thing to behold in your mind. They get into their boats, and they come to Capernaum. They're looking for Jesus, and they finally find him on the other side of the lake, and they say, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus says, I assure you that the only reason you're looking for me is not because you've seen the miraculous things that I can do, but because you're hungry. Don't work for the food that doesn't last, but for the food that endures for eternal life when the human one will give you. God the Father has confirmed him as his agent to give life. And in response to that, they say, well, what must we do in order to accomplish what God requires? And Jesus says, this is what God requires, only that you believe in him whom God sent. Put your trust in him. Do what he says. Live the life he is calling you into. And as humans are so wont to do at times, they are excited, but they say, well, let's just verify this real quick. Why don't you go ahead and give us another miraculous sign? They ask him, what other miraculous sign will you do that we can see and believe you? What are you going to do to prove to us that you are who you say you are? Are you truly from God? Can you make manna come down from the heavens like God did for our ancestors? As our scriptures remind us that when our people were hungry, God gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus has to go back and and reiterate that story. And so it makes sense that we at least touch on it a little bit today as well. The Israelites had just left Egypt across the the Red Sea and they're in the desert and they're wandering. Their food supplies are a little low. They're starting to grumble. And if you spend any time in Exodus or the book of Numbers, you'll see that's a common theme. People tend to get a little cranky when they're on a journey they might not necessarily want to be on, especially a journey that you know is going to take at least 40 years to accomplish. But over the course of this journey, like any uh, journeying group, some people start to grumble and, and, and complain, and they say, we're hungry, we, we want some food, we need some nourishment, you've sent us out into this wilderness to die. At the very least, would you please take us back to Egypt? Because even though we were slaves, we still had food to eat. And Moses takes their issue to God and God tells Moses that every morning when the sun comes up the the Israelites will be able to go into that wilderness and collect this stuff called manna this bread from heaven and they're instructed only to take what they need for the day for if they try to hoard it it will go bad and it will attract flies and it will be no good for anyone And we know that's the case because as in purely human, wonderful fashion, we do have some people who try to hoard some of that bread and true to God's word, it does not last. But God feeds the Israelites in the wilderness for 40 years on manna in the mornings and quail in the evenings. 40 years of manna of bread from heaven coming down and sustaining God's people. The, the, the crowd that is talking with Jesus today wants a similar thing to happen. They want that nourishment. They are 
hungry for that bread of heaven. And Jesus responds to them and says, I assure you, it wasn't Moses who brought that bread down from heaven to you. Rather, it was God who gives the true bread from heaven. The bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they respond, sir, give us this bread. And Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. I am the bread of life. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Give us this day our daily bread. Give all of us this day our daily bread. Not just the food we need to get through the day. All of us. Give those who are hungry when they wake up in the morning because it's hard for them to afford the food they need for today. Give them their daily bread. Give to those who are spiritually starving that bread from heaven in the form of your presence, in the form of your love. Fill our spirits because when our spirits are empty, we tend to lose our appetites. Give us this day our daily bread. Help us be your hands and feet as we glorify your name, as we make your name holy. Help us to be generous with what we have as we strive to give all of us this day our daily bread. And above all else, Lord, remind us that you are the only bread we need in this life. You sustain our spirits. You nourish our souls. When we put our trust in God, we don't need to worry about where our food is going to come from. When we become a part of the family of Christ, there should never be an opportunity for anyone to go hungry ever again. Give us this day our daily bread. In a moment, we're going to be once again returning to this table. And in a moment, we're once again going to be hearing the story of all the things that God has done for us from the, the creation of all things through the suffering, death, and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ, to the sending of his spirit into this community and throughout the world. And we're going to hear about how we're called to offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving once again. And we're going to remind ourselves that we are the hands and feet of God. We are going to eat the bread and be spiritually satisfied. And if we're genuinely, earnestly praying the Lord's Prayer, maybe we'll even be willing to go out and share that spiritual bread that we have found in our own lives. For Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Come and receive your fill. Come and cast your cares aside. Come and feast. Let us pray.
Lord, if there's one thing you can say about humans since the invention of, of baking, it's that we really love our bread. We love the bread that we make and share with one another. We love the bread that we get when we go out to eat. We love the bread that we use to make sandwiches. But the bread that you call us to love most of all is the bread of your eternal covenant. The bread that reminds us of your body. The bread that invites us to eat and be full. The bread that calls to us and reminds us to go out and feed your world. Share your bread with us on this day as you have done so many times before. Remind us that true sustenance comes from you. As we ask on this day once again that you give us this day our daily bread that a day might come when all the world will eat and be satisfied. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.